Hey there, I'm Stephanie Milfeld, and this is my podcast. That's so crazy to say. I'm new to this, so please bear with me as I figure out all the sound and mics and technical stuff. I wholeheartedly believe that when we share our stories, it helps others to have the courage to tell theirs, which is why I've invited some fabulous women who might also be friends of mine right here to share their stories with you. You're always welcome to join us as we chat about everything from family, kids, and partners to girlfriends, food, and fun. You'll probably pee in your mom jeans a little, but we won't judge. So come sit with us. Today's guest is Christina Cattinger. Christina is not only a friend I met through book club, an employee at our store Z&Q, but she also had brain surgery. That's right. A real cut your head open, remove a brain tumor surgery. Totally Grey's Anatomy stuff, but she's way cooler than any of those characters. So hold on tight and come sit with us. Hey friends, today I want to introduce you to a new friend of mine that I basically met right before COVID, literally, yeah. um, at a book club, and she now is an employee at our store, and I'm so glad that our paths crossed, so without further ado, I welcome Christina Cattinger. Hey! Hello! <laughs> so it is, it is really funny because um, we randomly met at a book club meeting in my neighborhood, um, I started going to book club after I had gone to the women's conference and I had seen that there was a book club in our neighborhood and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to this book club because yeah. it's for me and it's away from my family. And meet new people. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to meet new people. And I know Patrick was like, you're going to meet with a bunch of strangers about a book. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Have you done this? No, but I don't really care. I knew one person, the person running it. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was fun. Oh. And and our book club is pretty chill. Like, you don't have to read the book if Absolutely. you... Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you can just show up and have some food and maybe yeah. a drink and just chat with everybody. So. And we talk a little bit about the book and a lot about life. Yes. <laughs> Honestly, like, the one that left this past week, uh, we literally didn't talk about the book for the first hour. Yeah. It's great. It's a good... It's just a girl's time. Yeah. Which I really like and enjoy. And I haven't been able to go because... Well, I didn't go this week because I had a puppy. Yeah. And Patrick was at work. And yeah. Two kids and puppy Patrick kids. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> There's a lot going so on. So there was a lot going on, so I stayed home. But um and I'm normally like a young adult book reader and very like surface level, so it was out of my comfort zone. But I'm glad I did it. And I'm glad I got to meet you. Absolutely. Um so you grew up in a land far, far away from Florida. <laughs> 2,220 miles, if I remember right, because, yes. <laughs> so, tell us about this. Uh, so, I was born in Indiana. Um, my dad did not want to be around farming all his life, or all my, his kid's life. Um, so, as soon as he could move us out of Indiana, we did. And he got transferred to Wyoming. And if anybody... Which is much better than Indiana. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, I was only three, so I didn't know a whole lot about it. But uh, yeah, we moved when I was two or three. Um, apparently, when we crossed the border into Wyoming, and there's that big sign that says, Welcome to Wyoming, my mother turned around in the car and said, You know, we're here. And I looked around and I said, Where's dad? Because, <laughs> you know, two year old me was like, My dad should be here. We're, we're, we're here. But, mm. you know, Wyoming's a big state. Um, it is a great place to grow up. I don't think I could live there now. 
And when I moved to Florida for college, uh, more people went to UCF than were in my hometown. <laughs> so that has drastically changed. Uh, our hometown is much bigger now. They actually have two high schools. So Wow, oh, yeah. two. We are coming up in the world. <laughs> um, but yeah, when I went back for my reunion a few years ago, driving around, I was like, what is this? What is this? Whoa, we have that. Um, it was, And it's a whole lot colder. Yes, snow. <laughs> um, we had a snow day my senior year of high school in April, I think it was, and we were out of school for a full week, and then we graduated like a month later. <laughs> yeah, all the seniors were like, you want us to go back? We've been home for a week. No. <laughs> yeah, uh, me and Cole just don't mix very well. It's fun to like visit for a little bit, and then it's like, okay. Yeah, uh, my husband would like to move to Montana after visiting my sister and her husband there, and I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason I moved to Florida. Yeah, I'm like, do you understand starting your car an hour before you want to leave? Okay, it's not quite an hour, but I was, and then I said, do you understand when your doors freeze shut and when you're like, you can't put your key in your lock? Like, I've been there. Yeah, there's um, a lot more to it. Yeah, driving in snow. Um, I, in high school, we had, you know, you have to stop for the bus, and I lived on a hill, and I had to stop for the bus, and like, my car just slid down the hill, and my friend with me was like freaking out, and I'm like. It's fine. It's fine. We'll figure this out. I finally ended up backing into somebody's driveway and getting a running start. <laughs> when when I lived in Tennessee, um, I went to school there, and it snows there. Not not a lot. Not like Wyoming, yeah. but I could deal know, with it, Tennessee. I think it snows, <laughs> and and it, this is like the first time I'm driving in snow, oh, you know. And so and it was like like little tiny like like sprinkles, I yeah. guess, like you would call it. And I felt like I was driving through, like, outer space, like, with, like, things, like, coming out my window. And I'm like, this Star is Wars. so crazy. Like, that's yes. exactly Star what I felt Wars. like. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, people are terrified to, to drive in thunderstorms in Florida. Like, this is terrifying. I feel like I'm in a twilight zone of... Yeah. Yeah. If you can drive in a horrendous thunderstorm in Florida, you can drive in the snow. <laughs> I mean, in all reality, because you're dealing with the same sort of, like, slick stuff and not being able to see and other idiot drivers um yeah good <laughs> so you were born without a hip socket yes and we found that out after we moved to wyoming so you i mean you were a lot older at this point i was three so like a year later after we moved um yeah i went to ballet class and i could turn my foot a whole lot better than kids at the age of three should be able to turn <laughs> foot. um the teacher apparently pulled my mom aside one day and was like hey your daughter's doing great, but, but we might have a problem. And apparently there's something when babies are born, I guess, that they they do something with the hips and either the doctors didn't do it or my parents elected to not do it because I guess it, it used to be something that was given a choice. Um, and so they would have found that out when I was born instead of later on. So, <laughs> yeah. And so what did they do to fix that? Um, so we went to a doctor, and from what I understand, that doctor was like, well, she'll never play sports, she'll never run, she'll never do anything, she'll probably be in a walker for the rest of her life. But at this point, you were walking, and... Yeah, I just, my foot turned sideways. Like, I literally walked like this sometimes, if I didn't, you know, turn my foot. Um, so my parents were like, that, that's not okay, because my dad was big into sports. Um, my mom was a cheerleader at some point, um, so she didn't necessarily do sports but she understood mm -hmm. the importance of them um so we went to another doctor uh we had family in cincinnati 
And so for some reason they went to the Cincinnati Children's Hospital and took me to the doctor there. And he was like, hmm, yeah, she, we, we, can, we can get her walking, running, sports, all that stuff. Uh, but it's a surgery that I've never done before, so I have no idea what I'm doing. Oh, that's um, always comforting. So apparently I am somewhere in a book as patient A uh, for this surgery, but they carved out something for the, the socket to go into. So basically there was bone without the socket. And so they carved it out uh, to make that work, I guess. And, and you're fine now, obviously. I mean, <laughs> yes and no. I still have, like, pain because the muscle has never been as strong as the other one. I, at the age of three, you're not going to do physical therapy like you should at home. Um, I was in a cast for, I believe, eight or nine months. Um, and Which I'm sure is very difficult. And we're talking about, a... like, two-leg cast. Like, I had a piece between um, my... Some family member made me some shorts that tied on the side because there's nothing here. <laughs> Like there was a big opening, um, and it was to basically make the hip stay in the joint. So, so you're fine now. Like you're... for the most part, um, the muscle itself is not as strong, so it gets sore. Um, I can't stretch. I'm not as flexible. Somehow, I played goalie for ice hockey with a bad hip, but hey, made it, it work. Works. Yeah. <laughs> so you graduate high school and you decide to move to Florida because, like, why not, right? I wanted away from small town, and all my friends were going to University of Wyoming or University of Colorado or University of Montana, and I was like, I'd like to get out of here. And so you decided to go where? <laughs> so I started looking, and I was like, okay, what What are my options? Because I played golf in high school, and I was like, can I play in college? That would be something fun. Uh, I could have gotten a scholarship to go to University of Wyoming. I could have had a scholarship to go to University of Montana. I turned it down. I just like I don't even want to look. So I mean, it's not uncommon for for most people to like stay not like local, but like in state or like around that area. Yeah. Even in Florida, like a lot of people go for state or yeah. you know UF or it's cheaper. Where, it's a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. in state is way cheaper. Um, we didn't have the scholarship like what they have here either. So staying there I had one choice University of Wyoming um I could have had credits done I I just I wanted out I wanted away from everything I wanted I wanted gone so uh I had an option to go to the University of Nebraska at Kearney and I was like Nebraska there's not much there uh and then I visited Rollins down here and loved the coach loved the campus loved the area except in Winter Park How yeah I say Rollins is not, not far Park. from where we are um it's you it's know, beautiful. It's beautiful down there. I mean, granted, this was 20 years ago, so there was a lot less there, but it was it was so close to what I kind of grew up with as far as, like, class sizes, the campus size. Um, I didn't need a bicycle to get across campus. Uh, you know, I could wake up and go to class, and it was, like, 10 minutes. I could roll out of bed and get to class on time type thing. So class size was important, and then I loved the golf coach. Um, so I didn't have a scholarship there, but... I was like, can we make this work, Mom? <laughs> and, you know, we figured it out. I still have some student loans to pay, but um, I'm glad I did it because otherwise I think I'd still be living in Gillette, Wyoming, doing – not that, like, living in Gillette, Wyoming is bad. Just for what I wanted, it wouldn't have been what I wanted. Mm -hmm. So. And so you went to school to be a lawyer? No. <laughs> 
I have a degree in economics. Don't ask me what I thought I was going to do with that. Um, yeah, I have an undergrad degree in economics. And I was like, what do I do? So graduated with that and started working in retail. It was that or working in a bank. And I was like, hmm, banker, retail, banker. <laughs> and then at that point, I was like, I really, I really like the idea of law. Um, I really wanted to look more into like trademark law and copyright. And I wanted to be in like the music business. That was... That was where my first love was, or being a sports agent, you know, Jerry Maguire type style. Yeah, why not? Um, so I was like, all right, that's an option. And then that was how I decided to go to law school. <laughs> now I don't even use my degree. <laughs> and you took the bar. Seven times. <laughs> Seven times, people. Don't give up. Don't give up. <laughs> Which, okay, so you're not the first person I've seen that has taken the bar multiple times um, because they have failed it or, you know, so failed it but didn't pass it. The first time I went to take it, I studied, and I think I failed by, like, five points on one and, like, 12 points on another. I am not a good standard test taker. Uh, you know, that whole pick the second right answer. Why? <laughs> Why can't it just be the right answer? So that got me. Um, so I failed both parts the first time. Second time around, I go to take it and right, is it right before? I think it was right before I went to take it, um, I had two deaths in the family. And I was like, what do I do? Do I postpone it? Do I still take it? I focused on one half of it more than the other. So I was like, screw it. Let me push everything to one side and get through one part. Even though I got to take both at the same time. So I passed one part. Does that like stay with you? Yes. Okay. You have a certain amount of time to pass the other part. Okay. So took that, um, passed the written part, which probably the easier of the parts, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Um, and then failed the other one by like five questions or something. It's the worst. <laughs> I mean, this right here is why I'm, like, so against standardized testing for kids because you don't know what's going on with them on a day-to-day -day basis and having a nine-year-old yeah. take a standardized test when he might be taking care of his family at home, siblings, who Just knows what they're going through. having a bad day. Yeah. And then that, Which you is know. funny you say that because the third time I took it, I took it with a migraine. Uh, the fourth time I took it, I think I forgot socks, so I was taking it with flip-flops and no socks, so I was freezing because it's in a big old like <laughs> convention center and it's freezing cold. Um, yeah, I kind of blocked out the rest after that, but eventually I passed both halves. And what made you keep going? Were you just like determined at that point? Like yes. I'm passing this thing. <laughs> yes, I just I had friends who were practicing and I was like, I I want to do this. I still want to do this. And you know, it was like, what else are you going to do with this degree that you have now? spent four years of your life doing and I, yeah, it was determination. I just had to prove to myself that I could do it, you know, <laughs> I, masochism. Uh. And then after all that, you decide not to practice law. <laughs> so in the last, the last two times I was taking it, um, I had gotten a job. So take it the first time, fail it. 
Um, somebody I went to school with was an eye doctor, and so I started working at his eye doctor office as like his office manager because his wife supposedly wanted to retire. Um, I came in and tried to streamline stuff and make it better for them, and she got mad and decided <laughs> that she wanted her job back. So I lost my job so they could put a new TV in the in the waiting room. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so at that point, somebody um, was already working at Full Sail who I had went to school with at the um, at law school, and she was there in between getting a job as a lawyer. She's like, we're hiring. She's like, it's a lab specialist position. You basically just assist other instructors. I'm like, cool. I can study. I can yeah. get it figured out. So I get that job. And then I get bumped up to an associate course director, which is like an assistant course director, but I have more responsibilities. I'm actually teaching. Um, well, then our class gets like taken out because they always restructure the degrees here and there mm -hmm. for accrediting for changes in the industry like you name it whatever yeah. but we were teaching a music business class so it fit with my law degree yeah um worked out well this is being taken out so I'm like okay I'm not gonna have a job soon so I look around the, the school at what's available and there was a class over in uh game design that had just started called game economics well, and I was like, I don't have a degree in economics. I like games. Don't know a ton about them, but I like them. So I interview for it. I get the position and I move over there as a course director. And with them, I finally passed the bar. I want to say it was like the second, second year I was there. But now you're like, I like this job. Yeah. And <laughs> I, you know, at that point I'm four years removed from anything law outside of taking a test. And trying to get into a firm, I would have had to start at the bottom, probably as an intern, not making any money. Uh, I can't do that now. Live <laughs> on my own, have to pay bills, so can't really do that. Um, I didn't want to start as like, you know, somebody filing stuff. Yeah. Like, let me go in and be an office like grunt. Not happening. Because and, how old were you at this point? Jeez, please. Definitely in my thirties. So early 30s, probably. Yeah, so you're like, I cannot do this. No, like I've got health insurance. I've got, yeah. you know, bills to pay. I, no, it wasn't happening. So, yeah, I was just like, I'm just going to stick this out and just kind of forgot about it. <laughs> so, yeah, I have this degree I do nothing with. But it got me my position, so I can't really, you know what I mean? It got me into full sale, so. Yeah, and I know uh, a couple other people that, are associated with full sales so yeah. a good school um so you meet your husband in 2010 that sounds right and no 2009 and then you guys don't really start dating though for a year, for a year. yeah i think it maybe it is 2010 i don't he's better on dates um i'm always like how long have we been together <laughs> uh i'm terrible on that yeah so back to i left rollins Got a job in retail at Lady Foot Locker. Came in as an assistant manager. Like, they hired me. They came to did a job fair. And they were like, oh, you have a degree, so let's put you in as assistant manager. And I was like, okay, don't know anything. Like, I've worked in retail before, but I don't know anything about management. But okay. And so I met a couple friends through there. And fast forward, now I'm at Full Sail. And still keeping in contact Well, my friend... Every year has a huge birthday party. 
that we go out to a restaurant, whatever. So we go to this restaurant called the Dino, what is it, the Dino one out at Disney Springs? Oh yeah, like the T-Rex place? Yes, T-Rex, that's it. Um, it's like Build-A-Bear with dinosaurs. So, or maybe... Like Rainforest Cafe. Yeah, that one, sorry. Mm -hmm. But I think you can also build a dinosaur there. I think you can too. Yeah. So we go there and this guy shows up and he's got a mohawk and... <laughs> I have a thing for guys with mohawks and tattoos that are in bands, okay? Um, and he was also in a band. He was in a ska band, and I love ska music. And so the whole, <laughs> the whole dinner, my best friend was like, I hate you so much. <laughs> so the way the table was set up is she was on the end, and then I was here, because she didn't really know anybody else, so she was like, I'm going to sit next to you, but I don't want to sit like in the middle of people, because you know I don't know anybody. Yeah. And I had brought her because I didn't want to go by myself. So across from me is his best friend, um, who at the time was Tia is now Jackson. So he's had a transformation. So that's been an interesting thing with like trying to make sure that we call him by the right name because I'm terrible with names as it is. And so anyway, um, so Jackson. Uh, so Ricky was sitting on the end. And so we were having this across the table conversation. <laughs> And like Christina's being left out and Jax is being left out. And finally, and you guys are like, whatever. And finally, Christina was like, switch me places. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and so we're just all night talking about like music and bands we like and bands we've seen and all this stuff. And end of the night, we have to go to another birthday party. Because um, another friend of mine whose birthday is in January, she always throws a party at a bar and gets a DJ, and we just go and dance and have a good time. So they just happen to be on the same day. Yeah, because they're both right in that like window of time, and it for three years they fell on the same night. I was like, this is ridiculous, people. I can't be doing two birthday parties. Um, at least one was dinner, and then one was dancing. So we leave, and he's like, you should come watch my band play. I'm like, okay, well, message me. You know, Natalie's got my number. And we were, like, literally, we were late. So mm -hmm. I was like, I can't stay. And yeah, like, I got to go. I'm like, get my number from Natalie. Natalie, give him my number, blah, blah, blah. Find me on Facebook, you know, whatever. So he sends me a message to come watch his band play. And Christina, my best, my best friend is also named Christina. <laughs> it makes it easy for people, except it's spelled different. But um, she was like, uh, she couldn't go to the show and so we didn't go see him play and nothing happened for the next god 10 months or so and then we go to halloween horror nights and we're all as a group again and again we are the only two talking to each other <laughs> and everybody's like um at the end of the night like i walked to my car they're like walking to their car and uh, I guess they were giving him crap because he didn't walk me to my car. And I was like, dude, I wasn't parked anywhere near you guys. Like, it's fine. But I get this message later that was, uh, so I've been told that if I don't ask you out on a date, um, I'm not allowed to hang out with anybody ever again. <laughs> That's how it started. <laughs> so we went to SeaWorld on our first date on his birthday and had a blast. That's so fun, though. Yeah, like he had an annual pass. I could get in for free because I worked out at CityWalk. Um, we went, like, we went to Tijuana Flats afterwards and sat there for, like, three hours talking. And it was so funny because the girls at the restaurant were like, oh, my gosh, this must be a first date. And we could <laughs> hear them talking. And there was nobody else in the restaurant. And finally, we looked around. And we were like, we should probably leave. <laughs> like, nobody was there. They were still open. But I was like, maybe they want to close early. So, yeah, it's kind of like the rest is history after that. We dated for a long time, and between my mother and my best friend, you know, when are you guys getting married? 
Oh, yeah, that's always a big question. Neither of us cared. You know, he had a daughter. I wasn't necessarily, like, I felt like I was past the age to have kids. I mean, I was almost, like, like, I think when we started dating, I was, like, mid-30s. I'm 42 right now. We got married when I was 40. So How old was his daughter at that, like, when, when you guys started, started dating? dating? Um, she's 18 now, so probably in the 8-9 window. Oh, but, so you've been around for... Yeah, for 10 years of her life, but I waited a full year to meet her. Um, actually, not quite a full year, because... Um, I had been in other relationships where I had met the kid right away and I was like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. I'm like, I like you. I like where this is going. I don't want to meet your kid yet. Yeah, and I was really pushing to meet her mother first. Um, we couldn't make it happen just because of schedules and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But I was really trying to do it the right way. How is your like relationship with her and her mom and all that? <laughs> it's been... Um, it's been a little like roller coastery from the start, and I think it's just because uh, Ricky had dated a lot of people. You know, they split up when she was born, so you know we're talking right now eight years of her life where mm-hmm. there's been several people, people come and, and go. Um, there was definitely one girl who was around for a while, and she she tried to be Michaela's mom, hmm. and I just knowing from other friends, like I was like, that's not gonna work. Yeah. So I tried really hard to not overstep my bounds. I'm, I'm sure I did. I'm sure I did. Like, mm-hmm. you want the best for the kid. You yeah. Want the best, you know, so I'm sure at some point I overstepped my bounds. Um, there were definitely a few, like, arguments and stuff like that that I was the reason of between the two, of between Ricky and um, Michaela's mom. So, you know, it happens. Um, you know, she's protective of her child, obviously. Yeah, and of course. So, yeah, I probably, in trying not to, probably still did. <laughs> but you still probably think of Michaela as your own. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know? I just, and it's funny, like, we would go to soccer games, and we would all sit together, and people thought we were just, like, when there were birthday parties, like, we would show up for her brother's birthday parties. Um, we've shown up for her stepdad's birthday parties. So you guys obviously co-parent very well for the most part um I I leave it to them like Mm -hmm. I might be like hey I'm seeing this you know you might mention this to Chelsea or you know you might talk to Michaela about it like I try to not still overstep my bounds Mm -hmm. um I try to let them deal with things but if I see something I just pass it along to him um and then if you know if Michaela talks to me or tells me stuff obviously I will give her my input but I also say you should really talk to your dad yeah um her and her dad have a very close relationship which that's awesome. Is for the fact that we don't see her a lot just because she lives in Volusia County. So we would have her every weekend up until she got a job <laughs> and, and got a car and, you know, boyfriend and all those things. Um, Too so, cool to hang out with mom Yeah, and dad. right. <laughs> um, but it's funny because she'll be like, I want to see you guys. I haven't seen you guys in forever. And um, so we try to either go up there or something now. Um, like I have to meet her later today to, to take her something. But it's... It's been good. It's just, it's one of those things where it's really hard to know how far to step. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because you really want to be cognizant of you're not her birth parent. Do you know what I mean? But you're like, also not her friend. Yes. And that's, <laughs> yeah. And that's one thing that, like, Ricky and I have always, like, made sure that, like, she knows that, like, you have responsibilities here at this house and you have mm-hmm. responsibilities as our child and, you know, that sort of thing. So 
And she can talk to you about whatever, but you're still an adult and you're still, you know, if there was something to come up, you're obviously going to tell Ricky and Oh yeah, and she knows that she tells me anything. So it's like if she's not comfortable telling her dad, she'll tell me and she knows that her dad will find out. <laughs> I don't keep anything from him. Yeah. Um, I will say it's funny. We were just at a wedding last week and somebody was like, okay, you two are like the best relationship and I don't understand it. And I was like, what do you mean? And they were like, like you let him go, go be himself and he lets you go be you know, yourself and you guys communicate. And there are certain things that we don't agree on, whether it be like politics or something like mm-hmm. that, or how to, how to make a decision on this or that. Um, we know where to stop that conversation and just be like, you have your opinion. I have my opinion. You and know, that's it. and we just, we leave it at that. And like, our friend was just like, I can't even get you guys in an argument about it. And he was like, <laughs> no, you can't like, it's just not going to work because we both know that we are very strong will people but we also know where to stop because it's not going to get anywhere yeah we're just going to end up yelling at each other and what good does that do (laughs) so um so you all get engaged yes at the Um, top of a mountain oh where at in montana oh yeah so we were going to my uh, reunion in wyoming and then going up to see my sister because she had just had my niece and so my niece was a month old not even a month old yeah and Ricky was like, oh, can we go do some some cool stuff in Montana? Well, they plan to go to the top of Lone Peak, which is one of the ski resorts. Uh, but you can go up there in the spring, in the summer, and just kind of look out. And it's just mm-hmm. a gorgeous, there's still snow up there. It was in July. There was still snow. <laughs> we got into a snowball fight. It was fantastic. Um, I should have known. I should have known. <laughs> it makes you angry that you didn't no, pick like up I'm, on it. I'm glad that I didn't, but I should have known. But I, I didn't. should have known something was up, but you didn't yeah. really think about it. Yeah. And so we get to the very top and he's like, oh, take our picture up here. And of course, like I look over and, and the lady who was our guide was like, oh my gosh, I think <laughs> I should have told me. <laughs> she was so excited for us. It was great. Um, so yeah, we got engaged in Montana, um, which is probably why he wants to move there. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. And then, so you guys plan, you're going to have a wedding on Friday the 13th. Yeah, so (laughs) we start planning because, of course, my mother is, like, right away, like, we've got to go do all this stuff. Oh, yeah, because, of course, as soon as you have a ring on it, it's like, where's it going to be? When is it going to be? Well, she also knows that if she hadn't done that, I wouldn't have got married for, like, another five or ten years. (laughs) I just, it wasn't, I didn't need the piece of paper. I didn't need the ring. Like, I knew we weren't going anywhere. I didn't have anything to worry about. He doesn't have anything to worry about. That's just who we were. Um, so yeah, my mom's pushing, pushing, pushing. So we go start visiting places and we go to the science center and the lady's giving us a tour and we walk into the dinosaur room. This is my husband to a T. I mean, you've met him a couple (laughs) times. So he's like, the lady's telling us, this is where we usually do the reception. Like we'll do the thing out here on the patio or you could do this in here. And all of a sudden he like holds up his hand to her face. And I am just like, all the color probably drained out of my face. I am mortified. And I'm like, what just happened? And he goes, where did we meet? And I was like, the dinosaur restaurant. And he goes, and throws his hands in the air, like, like triumphantly. And he's just like, Like it's it's all coming full circle. And I looked at the woman and I said, I apologize for him. Can we go look at your date book? (laughs) And so, yeah, we walk into the room and we're looking at the date book. And we had talked about April being kind of a good time period. We had a lot of friends that were married in October. We didn't want to, you know, we were just like, eh. And both of our birthdays are in November. Michaela's birthday is in December. 
So we're like, let's just avoid that time. So we moved forward to April, and I look at the calendar, and somebody had whited out their event on Friday the 13th, and I looked at her, and I looked at him, and I said, can you just go ahead and put us in there? I'll send you the deposit tomorrow. (laughs) So yeah, that was was it. (laughs) Um, So you guys are planning, and what happens? (laughs) Um, I have really bad migraines. And I've you've been, had these for a long time. Um, I actually had seizures when I was 12-ish, um, somewhere in there. And so they had gone away, so they thought everything was fine. Uh, they're pretty certain that the migraines are a result of that. Just, like, I had that as a kid, so there was some sort of, like, neurological thing. Uh, and then now as an adult, I've had migraines probably since I was 16. Uh, they've obviously gotten worse as I got older. Um so they were getting really bad to the point that I was waking up and going to sleep. Like I'd never had a moment without one and I was missing work and I was calling out of things. I wasn't doing much of anything. Definitely not your normal self. Oh, I was miserable. Um, and then I lost vision in this eye and just I, like out of nowhere. Yeah. I don't remember it slowly going away. I remember one day I went to put on my makeup and I went to like Close my eye to do my uh, eyeliner, and I was like, "That's weird. Why can't I see?" And like, like total blackness, or like I had a or... little hint of vision in the corner. It was really weird. Um, and I, so I researched. I'm like, "Is this a common thing of migraines?" Because <laughs> that's what you do. Yeah, Google. Apparently. Google. Obviously. Yeah. Web and <laughs> the thing is, I had been to my regular doctor and I was like my migraines are getting worse my migraines are getting worse my migraines I'd been in like three times and one of the other people you had on your podcast a few weeks ago I think it was she was like advocate for yourself and like looking back I was like I wish I would have like now I I don't even hesitate because it's like if I'm not feeling good I'm going to tell you and you are going to and I'm going to ask all the questions yeah figure it out yeah and with him he was just throwing medicine at me. He was like, take this, take that. And I'm like, nothing's working. Like, I'm not, like, it's awful. Um, I had asked if I should go see a neurologist because I thought maybe my seizures were coming back. Yeah. Um, I, like, I swore I was blacking out, but I think it's just because I was so tired. Um, so this so goes you lose on. your vision. Yeah. And I don't tell anybody. <laughs> not even Ricky? Nope. The only way he found out is he went to come around the corner and he thought I saw him and he was standing like right here and I turned and I jumped. And he was so like, you didn't think this was maybe like something important? Like, hey, I can't see. <laughs> maybe I should tell someone. That. Um, are I you love- a female who just kind of like doesn't say things because you don't think that they're important and your doctor no, has told me? You I'm like, oh, there's an eyelash in my eye. I can't say it. You know? <laughs> I, like, literally, my doctor didn't think it was a problem. I hadn't told him I didn't have vision, but I had told him that the migraines were bad, and so I'm just thinking it's migraine-related, because I had read that your vision can go away if you have a bad, like, so I was like, okay, it's just the migraines. But this, my doctor stayed for a while. I mean, I still don't have vision. (laughs) Um, so, yeah, uh, we go, oh, I go in on my birthday to the DMV, and I have to renew my license. Well, I fail the vision test. (laughs) Obviously. <laughs> and I was like, lady's like, why, you don't see anything? And I'm like, there's nothing there. She's like, let's try a different machine. Okay. Go to the other machine. You still don't see anything? No. Um, I'm going to have to deny you your license <laughs> renewal. And you're going to have to go see an eye doctor. I'm like, what? 
time for this. I don't have time for this. (laughs) So that was my birthday, um, or right around my birthday. Literally a week later, my uncle died. So we had to drive to Indiana for that. So you still have not told Ricky about your... Yes, he knows about the vision at this point, because I tell him I failed my thing. Um, I have an appointment scheduled to go to the eye doctor. I talked to my mom while we're up there. She's like, well, you know, blah, 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 telling me, like, family history. And I'm like, that would have been nice to know. (laughs) Prior to now. (laughs) That, like, you know, we have some vision problems, that grandma has, like, this cornea issue. Would have been lovely to know, Mom. She's like, well, you didn't tell me you're having a problem. And I was like, (laughs) now I know where I get it. (laughs) Got it. Cool. Um, she also had breast cancer and like, didn't tell us for a while until she was like, so I was just like, this is where so I this get is it. like a thing. Yeah. This is how this family works. Yeah. <laughs> we don't talk about stuff. So anyway, we get back from the funeral. I go to the doctor, go to the eye doctor. The lady looks at it and she's like, um, your, your eye does not look okay. I'm like, well, I can't see out of it. Of course it's not okay. And she's like no, 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 no. Like there's no blood flow in there. And I was like, you can see that? She's like, yes. And you need to go to a specialist like now. I'm like, okay, how do I get there? (laughs) So she gives me some numbers, blah, blah, blah. I call, I think this was like, yeah, this was a Friday. I had to teach on Saturday. So I get home from the doctor. I'm calling all these places. Of course, it's a month before Christmas. Uh, obviously. No one has any appointments. They can't even get me on, on like a cancellation list. Because you've got Thanksgiving and people are out of town. And it's time. like literally the week after Thanksgiving. And that that week or that four weeks between Thanksgiving and Christmas, like nothing gets done. It, it's awful. So yeah, this is a Friday. So I call back the office and I'm like, look, I can't get an appointment. Nothing is available. You call nothing. the eye doctor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, okay, well, we'll let her know. So the next day is Saturday. I'm teaching. I'm in class. Still no license. Oh, no, I had it. Ex- they extended oh, okay. it. Yeah, they, they gave me a certain, they gave me like 90 days or something to, okay. to get it figured out, which was cool of them. Um, so I'm in class teaching. I go to, you know, how my kids do lab. And I have a message from the eye doctor that says, listen, if you can't get into a specialist, you need to go to the ER. What? Oh, this is kind of serious. And she's like, I'm not kidding. She's like, come by here, pick up the order for the MRI and the CT scan now. I'm like, lady, it's Saturday. At least somebody was advocating for you. Yeah, right? (laughs) So I call my mom and I'm like, what do I do? My mom's like, you go to the doctor. And I'm like, (sighs) (laughs) that's not what I wanted you to say. (laughs) So as soon as my kids are done with their work, I release them from lab early. I go do this and I get to the hospital they don't have any, uh, they aren't able to get me into the MRI machine. They get me into the CT scan. Prior to that, they make me do all these like routine. They're like, read an eye chart, blah, blah, blah. I can read the whole eye chart with this eye, like top to bottom. And the guy was like, okay. And he was like, okay, what about the other? And I was like, nothing. I can't even see where you're standing. I was like, move around. Give me four fingers. I'm not going to see it. Like, what are you not getting? I'm not, I'm not faking it. I'm also in Kissimmee, so I get it. You probably think people are in here for drugs. I get it. But, I, I'm, look, I'm fine, okay? I just can't see. <laughs> and and I, they told me to come here. And I have some really bad headaches, okay? <laughs> so they have to admit me to the hospital because they can't get me into the MRI machine. 
But you're like, lovely. It was the coldest day of the year. Okay, so it's like 30 degrees outside. Which is cold for us. Yes. <laughs> Ridiculously cold for us. Because it's like not the... People don't understand. It is a wet cold here. And it just chills your bones. Um, I'm supposed to work my part-time job on Sunday. So I call them and I'm like, hey, I'm in the hospital. And they're like, oh my God, are you okay? And I'm like, yes, I'm still in my clothes. Sitting in the hospital room in my jeans and sweatshirt. Not even in... I don't even think I had an IV at this point. Um sitting in a room so called out of that that job also texted my boss um who had written me up for insubordination and they think now it's because of like the tumor that I had um because of all of this that like I was acting kind of crazy because I was I was definitely a little defiant but it was because I wasn't sleeping I didn't feel good like you would ask me to do something and I'd be like fine and I would just go do it, but I was just exhausted. Oh my God. It was beyond. And we were having our, um, accrediting body like check over everything mm-hmm. at this point. It's like every couple of years you have to have it done. So I, on top of it being the holidays and not feeling good and just having a death in the family, I have stuff at, like, yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of stuff. Oh, I was on. beyond exhausted. So I understood. I was like, yeah, I probably was a little defiant. <laughs> so they f- they put me in this room. Um, I'm sitting there in my clothing, regular clothing. They're not telling me anything. No one's been by. They just set me in the room and left. Which is so frustrating. So this guy coming around the floor, and he's looking for his friend. Um, he works on a different floor. He's the crash cart guy. Oh. Um, and he's friends with the nurse who ends up being my nurse for the day. Um, he comes in, and he was like, girl. And I was like, Yeah. Like, I know I'm the only one in the room. He goes, what's wrong with your eye? I was like, what are you talking about? And he goes, have you looked at yourself? Because the bright light was, like, on above. My uh, pupil was fully dilated on this side. The side that you can't see. Yeah, fully dilated. Like, all the light's coming in. Okay? This one's fine. And he could see that from, like, the door. And he comes and like, in. I don't know. And what I was is like, wrong with and my so eye? And <laughs> he tells me, he's like, okay, first of all, I'm a, and he fixes the lights. He was like, whatever's going on, he goes, we need to fix these lights. So he brings the lights down a little bit. And I was like, oh. I was like, thank you. And he's like, why are you in here? And I was like, well, I can't see. Um, there's something going on. They want me to do an MRI. They can't get me into the MRI machine. So they admitted me. So here I am. And he goes, okay, whatever's going on with you, he goes, God's got you. Okay. Like, you're like totally random. Don't know you. But don't get sure. me wrong. Grew up Catholic. Totally like, yeah. understand where you're coming from. But he like gives me this, like, I can't even explain it. Like, I had goosebumps afterwards, but it was like this guy, he was like, something told me I had to come up here and find my friend and talk to her. He goes, but really? He goes, I had to come up here and talk to you. And I was like, okay. And he goes, whatever's going on, he goes, it's going to be fine. It's going to be okay. He goes, God's got you. He goes, you're in the right place. Okay. okay. He goes, and you're not going to see me again. He goes, because if you do, it's bad. He's like, I'm the crash car guy. And I was like, okay, I hope I don't see yeah. you again. <laughs> I was just, okay. So he leaves. They finally come in. And the room that they had put me in was broken. They couldn't turn the heat on. The AC was blasting. And like I said, it's oh, 30 degrees. Nice. So Ricky brings me some clothes so I can at least like put on some pajamas. I still don't have anything hospital I have no IV. I have no... You're just sitting in a room. Yeah. So 
they bring me some food. <laughs> da, 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 da. The MRI thing finally opens up at like 6 a.m. the next morning. Take me down there. They make me put on scrubs for that, you know, like the hospital gown for mm-hmm. that. Um, go in, do that. I'll never forget the guy on my way out. He was like, I want to wish you all the best. They can't tell you anything. Like, yeah, legally, the they can't have tell, to tell you, you anything. Yeah. And at that he, point, you probably knew, like, I was like, thanks. Well, he had asked me, he's like, you know, why are you here? Blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And so on my way out, he was like, I want to wish you all the best. And I'm like, cool thanks get back up there sit in the room in my clothes again um i think this time i do have an iv in uh nothing i'm watching star wars on the tv in the hospital is that work no so we had michaela that weekend Uh. so he had i don't even know if he had come yeah he had come by and finally the nurse came in um and he was like why are we still here and he was pissed and i I understood, but I was trying to be like, I knew the hospital was full. I knew every room was full. Um, They had actually had to put like heating blankets around my head overnight because it was so cold in this room. They left the door open, which they don't do for hospital Mm -hmm. rooms. Like it was so cold in my room. Like it was 20 degree difference. So yeah, I'm miserable right now. And I understood why he was frustrated. frustrated. Yeah. I, on the other hand, was just, like, exhausted. I just want to get this over with, figure out what's wrong, and let's go. So, finally, he leaves, and then the nurse and the doctor on call come in. And this nurse, she was friends with the crash cart guy, so she was very religious. She comes in and sits on the other side of the bed of me and puts her hand, like, on my arm, you know, or over my hand. And I'm like, great. (laughs) This is obviously pre-COVID because... (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, and the doctor comes in and she's like, so you have a menginoma. And I was like, a what? English? Yeah. <laughs> she goes, you have a tumor. And <laughs> and you're like, well, this is how uh, my brain works in stressful situations. Um, I looked at like all I heard in my head was Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's not a tumor. <laughs> I kid you not. And then I had to. I literally had that moment of like, you are the only one in this room. You have to focus. Okay, what do you mean I have a tumor? She goes, well, it's a benign tumor. I said, well, that's great, but how do you know that? Yeah, how do you know with just skin? Yeah, and she's like, well, it's compressing your optic nerve, which is why you don't have vision, which is also why you have the headaches. Um, She's like, and it's benign. She's like, this goes back to uh, medical school, but the way it's shaped and the way it reacted to the contrast. And I was like, cool, so what do we do? Yeah, what's the next step? And she's like, well, let me go um, talk to the on-call surgeon and find out if we need to take you into surgery today. Oh. Or if you can wait. What? So, yes, the first person I called was my mother. I didn't call Ricky first, which is, I It's a lot to take in. He, at this point, has really bad anxiety, and I already know this. We haven't treated it yet. We haven't dealt with it yet. Um, But... We know it's there, and I'm not going to add to that. Yeah. Because um, his immediate reaction is going to be, oh, my God, you're oh dying. God, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and while my mother is along the same lines of, oh, my God, you're dying, she at least could get me through Process that. It. You know, yeah. yeah. Let me, like, talk it through or whatever. So the lady comes back in, um, tells me, we're going to release you, give you all the doctor's information. You'll have to go see him next week, <clears throat> get everything set up. So, yeah, um, like, yeah, it was, that was a whirlwind. That was 
early December. Maybe the second. No, that would have been like the second week of December, I think. Um, I. <laughs> but if it was me, I'd be like, so I'm just going home with a tumor in my head. Like I knew so now little. What? Yeah, I knew <laughs> so little about anything, and like I said, I'm so exhausted at this point. I haven't slept because the hospital was so uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. Like I am just miserable. Um, still dealing with migraines, and you know now I know why. But so. Go to the neurosurgeon, um, get in to see him. Luckily, I had a friend who had whose mother had had him. Um, he has zero bedside manner, and I am okay with that. I need somebody to be straightforward with me. I need you to tell me what's going on. I don't need the fluff. It's going to be okay. No, I need you to, like, tell me what's be going on. Be real with and me let's... and tell me yeah. what, so, how we're going to fix this. So we go in, and <laughs> Ricky's sitting on this side of me. And as he's telling us, like, what's going on and what's going to happen, I was supposed to fly out to Bozeman to go to my to my sister's for Christmas. Um, funny, it was going to be, like, the first Christmas Ricky and I were not together. Um, and the guy was like, well, that's not happening. Okay. He goes, uh, yeah, you're going to be recovering. And I was like, okay. He's, and I was like, so surgery? And he goes, probably in the next week. What? <laughs> You're going to do this before Christmas? He goes, yeah, that needs to come out now. All right. Cool. So then he goes through all the risks of things that can happen. And you and Ricky are not married. Not yet. No. Yeah. Um, And so I watch, like, out of the corner of my eye, the color drain from Ricky's face as he's going through all of these potential risks. I know that he has to do this because that's what they have to do. And Ricky's anxiety is like... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he was also supposed to be going to the Bahamas for work because he installs signs and they work with a couple of hotels and this hotel in the Bahamas needed some stuff done. He was supposed to be leaving in the next week or so to go the week before Christmas. So... Yeah, um, he tell, the doctor says, you know, we'll call you when we can get you scheduled. It'll be as soon as we can get you in type thing. Yeah. Um, we asked to see it, so he shows me the MRI, and it's it's the size of a golf ball compressing my, my optic nerve. He goes, yeah, that's it right there. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I go back to work. I work through the next week. My boss knows. Um it's the last week of class, thankfully, before break. And um, I have to find somebody to teach my class in January because obviously I'm not going to be able to be back yet. I'm not going to be able to drive for like three months after it or six weeks or whatever they told me. I don't remember. Um, yeah, it was a big old mess going into Christmas. So one of our friends, uh, she's an attorney but also has her like whatever stuff to marry people. I don't know what the license for that is. Uh, I get a text from her partner, who's also one of my good friends, and she's like, hey, Suzanne said she would marry you if you guys want to do that before you go in. And I was like, is that necessary? And she was like, well... And I was like, I don't really want to think about that. So I call Ricky, and I'm like, what should we do? And he was like, I'm down if you're down. And I was like, all right. I was like, maybe I can get out of having the wedding. (laughs) Well, and also, you know, if something were to happen or, you know, and there's so many times where, like, because Ricky is just a technically boyfriend. Yeah. You know, being at the hospital, being in the that room, was doing, my you know, all that of that kind concern. of stuff. My other concern was my mother making a decision if something happened. 
Um, yes, Ricky has ridiculous anxiety, but I also know that he wouldn't leave me on like a ventilator as a vegetable for years upon years upon years. My mother, on the other hand, who is my mother, but like I feel yeah. like your mother, it's really hard for them to make that decision. That would I would not want to do that. Yeah, you know, I I just wouldn't. So, um, not that I want to put that decision on him either, but we talked about it and we weighed mm-hmm. that option. Um, so we decide to do that. We go to the Kissimmee courthouse, find out you have to wait three days. <laughs> They make you read over this most ridiculous... I don't know if you've ever been there to get, like, the paperwork or anything. My God. They give you this booklet, and they're like, read through this. This is a real thing. You can't change your mind. It's not easy to get a divorce. You're like, listen, I'm having brain surgery. <laughs> I need to get me. I mean, and he came from work, so he's in, like, work clothes and, like, work boots, and we're standing in line at the courthouse, you know? We have to read through this, fill this paperwork out, take it back up there. Like, okay, you have to wait three days. Because we didn't take the quiz online, I, I, I don't under, I understand, but I don't understand. Let's put it that way. Um, so I get the paperwork on a, I think it was a Thursday. Uh, Ricky got the phone call while no, I got a phone call while we were there in line that my surgery was scheduled for the next week on Tuesday, uh, and then so he had to call his boss and be like, hey, can't go to the Bahamas next week sorry and they were like well why not and he goes my like fiance is about to have surgery sorry and they were like oh we didn't realize it was that serious okay okay um so anyway yeah my friend marries us at her law firm uh that they had just bought the building (laughs) they were picking paint colors there's nothing in this building uh it is painted the most like crazy blue and she marries us in the like front area and then we sign all the paperwork so in 24 hour in the span of 24 hours i got married signed all that paperwork signed my will and signed my uh what's the one where you give the rights to somebody else power of attorney yeah power of attorney and then i think i signed a do not resuscitate like i had to sign a ton of paper but it was ridiculous um but necessary for obvious reasons and then two days later, I had surgery. Yeah. <laughs> so you get your surgery. Um, you're good. Going to Christmas. You're recovering. Getting ready for second wedding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we have two anniversaries. It's fantastic. Um, we, we only half celebrate them. Um, so now we're into, we're into January. January, yeah. So um, I'm planning a wedding while recovering from brain surgery and also teaching online. Because, like, the girl who took over for me for a month, literally I threw my, like, notebook at her. And I was like, just read my slides. Just, just, just read my slides. And I'm pretty certain those kids got the worst education that month. And I, I have apologized to as many of them as I have met. And they understand because I came in the last week of class and they were like, oh, okay, we get it now. We get why you weren't here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so... Half head of hair. That was the funny thing is when I went in for surgery, like we asked the doctor, I was like, look, I'm getting married in four months. Can you not like shave my whole head? Originally, he had told me he was only going to take um, a little bit behind my ear. He was originally going in behind my ear to take the tumor out. But they do an MRI before your surgery and they do an MRI while they're doing surgery. Okay. And so just so that listeners can understand, you had a full head of 
long, long hair. Yeah, like down probably almost to my waist. Yeah. And so they're like, oh, we're going to cut a little bit of your hair behind your ear. Yeah, that was what I was told. And you're like, we're just okay. going to take a little bit. Um, so I pulled it all up into a ponytail and, you know... I did have an X on the side of my forehead for which side for them to cut into. Uh, if you've ever looked up what a craniotomy is, it looks like they cut into your skull with a pizza cutter. But you wake up. Yeah. No, no, no. Not till after they're done. I know. But you wake up and he did I, not just... Um, I did not know for three days because oh. my head was wrapped. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and so... nobody told you. No. No, oh. well, they didn't tell me. No. Um, yeah, that was... <laughs> so you still think you wake up... I can tell that the pain is definitely a different spot, but I still didn't think they took half my head of hair, half of my hair. (laughs) And so if you, like, describe, like, so your scar, where they cut you. So what they do is, if your doctor does it right, um, they pull the skin up, and then I had staples. So I had staples all in the circular shape. I can actually send you a picture if you want to post it with this. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so it was this raised thing so that when it settles it settles flat if you've ever seen anybody mm-hmm. with a scar that's like dipped in it's because when they pulled it together they did it this way um straight up against each other instead of giving the skin room to to flatten out yeah um so yeah but but your scar so if you're i mean obviously you can't see her right now but it's like right above your if you were to follow your um the inside of your eye straight up to the top of your head yeah um, and then it kind of circles like all the way around the C ear. shape down to the back of your ear. Yeah. So definitely not just a spot yeah. behind your ear. Yeah. And they had to cut my uh, jawline because your jaw runs all the way up into here by your ear, above your, or I guess above your ear. So they had to cut my, my jaw muscle. So eating was loads of fun for the first like month or so. I could, <laughs> I could barely open my mouth and chewing was exhausting. I think I drink smooth. Like, I would send Ricky to nature's table probably once a day. So what did you say when you woke up or, like, when you unwrapped your head and you're like, okay, this is so the doctor not what I expected. So the doctor comes in on the third day when he released me from the hospital. By the way, if you have a craniotomy, you're out of the hospital in three days. I went from IC, from super ICU to, like, lower ICU to regular population to out the door. <laughs> yeah, uh, they had me up and walking within an hour after surgery. Easy peasy, you just cut into my head, and I'll just... I yelled at the guy who was my like uh, therapist for getting up, which ended up being one of my friend's brothers, which was hilarious because <laughs> I'm at her engagement party later, and I was like, "Hey, don't know if you remember me." And he looks at me and he goes, "Oh my gosh!" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I was so rude to you." And he goes, "No, you're fine." He goes, "You were in so much pain," and I was like. Yeah, yeah, and they were giving me medicine that I was allergic to, so I threw up. Oh, God. Like, again, advocate. Ricky finally looked at me, and he was like, will you stop giving her that pain medicine? She's obviously allergic to it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I woke up, they take off, or like, the last day he comes in, he's like, let's, let's take a look at that. Let's take your bandage off. Takes it off. He goes, okay, um, I got to go check another patient real quick. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go use the bathroom or whatever. I mainly did that so I could see it. Yeah. And they never told you at this point, <sighs> I we in, had to do something a little different than And what mind we you, if you've ever had like, I don't know, surgical glue and all the other junk that they have to put on you. So like my head's covered in iodine and glue and stuff like that. It's like that my, brownish. My hair color. was a like rat's nest. I'm amazed <laughs> I still had like hair after we washed it, but... It, I walked into the bathroom and I was like, 
that's that's not my ear. <laughs> that's not behind my ear. That's not the scar doesn't even go behind my yeah, ear. That's that's not even close to what you told me. So yeah, I I just was like whatever. I'm alive. I'm here. Yep. Like there really Hair wasn't any whatever. I just there wasn't anything else I could do about it. And you know it's it's funny because you run into people and they see my scar and they're like, oh my god, what happened? And I'm like. I had a tumor. Like, it's... And they're just like, you're so nonchalant about it. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. Like, I have to still, like, go through life. I'm still here. I woke up on the right side of the dirt today. Like... <laughs> that's all. That's all you can do. And so, come late January, Ricky finds out that he is diabetic. <laughs> so, within a month's span... Oh, we had... Yeah, we, we get married and we test this, like better and worse health and wellness thing. Sickness and health. health. Um, So he had mono a long time ago, and that always stays in your system. If anybody's ever not had mono, it's always, it becomes like an autoimmune element. Um, It makes getting better from certain illnesses really hard. So he gets the flu, and instead of the body just treating the flu, it went into hyperactive uh, and decided to like kill off everything. And it killed his pancreas. So he's not getting better after having the flu. He still feels like crap. Um, He's just not feeling right. So he's like, I'm going to go to the doctor. And I, at this point, really don't want to go anywhere. I'm exhausted. Um, Because you're still recovering. Recovery sucks. Like, I watched the entire um, series of Mythbusters in a month. (laughs) Yeah, I watched the entire series of Mythbusters. You know, it's like, are you still watching? Yes, yes, I'm still here. I had to sleep sitting up, so I wasn't really sleeping. Yeah. Because it just, I could sleep laying down for about an hour, and then I was uncomfortable. I couldn't lay on this side. Um, <clears throat> so I just, I was exhausted. I didn't want to go with him to the doctor. On the other side of it, I didn't want to be at a center care where germs, yeah, you know, yeah. like, yes, my scar was closed, but, but still, I still didn't trust that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he goes to the doctor, and he comes back. He's like, so somehow I have diabetes. He's like, my the flu turned into diabetes. You're like, how does that even yeah. happen? And again, let's go back to how I deal with stressful situations. I am sarcastic. And I looked at him and I was like, you can't just let me have my brain tumor. <laughs> and he got really upset and just like looked at me and I was like, ooh, too soon, too soon. Um, later on, he laughed about it. But yeah, so going into preparing for the wedding I had to go do cake testing by myself (laughs) fine eat all the cake sorry yeah um because he really at that point he we didn't know a ton about it and if you've ever been around somebody with diabetes the doctors don't tell you anything doctors don't give you any information we have slowly but surely learned on our own um what to look for thankfully I have a couple friends who are super keto and they've helped me with like the carb situation and like dietary fiber and stuff like that. Um, Even when I was diagnosed with gestational diabetes mm-hmm. when I was pregnant with Zoe, and you know you, you get the test and all that kind of stuff, and they're like, "Yep, you have it." And you're like, "Okay, so yeah, now what?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they told us like nothing, and at first they thought he had type two diabetes. Um, if anybody's ever had diabetes or doesn't know anything about it there's two types type one and type two uh type two means you still produce insulin your body just doesn't know how to use it type one means you produce zero insulin so you have to have insulin um and people would be like oh just he needs to go keto and i'm like that'll kill him uh 
you can be type two and go keto because your body still produces insulin. He's got to have some carbs. Um, people who are strict keto and like in like inhale mm-hmm. no carbs. Uh, wow, good for you because I like my bread. Um, he has to have a few. Does so, he take he takes insulin shots? So he has a daily one and then he has a fast acting one. So yeah, we've we've had to go through. I don't know, four or five different types of insulin, uh, different needles, different times to take it. Uh, certain things make it go up faster than others. It's definitely a learning process. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you all end up getting married, though, yeah. in April yeah. at the Science Center. Yeah, with half a head of hair and a diabetic husband. Yeah. <laughs> um, shortly after that, I cut my hair off. But yeah, no, we had a blast. Um, it was It was a great time. And then, so, um, you get scans regularly. Yes. And you go back a year later. Yeah, so first I had to go back every three months, and he was like, the doctor tells me, he goes, so, he goes, when it's on a nerve, um, we take as much as we can, because we hope that the nerve will heal itself. He was like, I was really hoping you would get your vision back. I have not. Uh, we're talking three years now, so he's like, I'm pretty certain it's not coming back. And I was like, I know. I just hold out a little bit of hope just in case. Um, but, yeah, so I was going in three months, and then it was right around a year, I think it was. Um, and he was like, so I think it's growing back. And so that's when he explained to me that he left a very thin layer, and typically the body would kill it off. Um, for whatever reason, mine didn't. And he was like, so I'm going to send your info to the tumor board which apparently there's a group of doctors that will look at things like where you want to know if it's growing or not um, to get a second opinion. And they were like, it's which is actually nice because they see a lot of tumors. And that's just your doctor is looking at it and he's looked at it. So having another eye look at it is where yeah. they're um, kind of just providing their opinion. And so they were like, no, we think that it's growing again. So we would recommend her doing radiation, which is fine. Um, I didn't have to go through surgery again. <laughs> That's the plus. Yeah. So um, it was a year and four months later. So April of the next year, pretty much like a little bit after our first anniversary, <laughs> um, I had to go in and have, uh, it's what they call gamma knife. And it's a pinpointed radiation on the spot. Um Depending on how big the tumor is, is how long you have it. And depending on where it is, some people have to go for like 30 days for a minute each and they have to wear this like crazy mask mm-hmm. to like hold their face in place. Thankfully, like I didn't have to do that. They like it was really close to, there's a nerve in between um, that your optic nerves cross over. Mm-hmm. And if it's too close to that, they don't want to do the heavy 45 minute radiation because there's potential that you could lose vision in the other eye or it could damage something else. So we opted to basically go in and do this really quickly because if it grew much more, it could potentially become too close and then I would have to do this 30 day for a minute and I was like, no, yeah, I'm not coming in here every day for one minute of radiation, that sounds brutal. Yeah. So 45 minutes uh, <laughs> and they had to put this horrible pins and whatnot. I'll send you a picture of that too. Oh, geez. Um, so yeah, they, they gave me lidocaine and I started crying. Uh, the lady was like, it's going to feel like you've had a couple of margaritas. I was like, sweet. No, I had the opposite reaction and I started crying and I couldn't stop. You're like, this is not margaritas. <laughs> I was like, maybe after like 
I just like literally it was it was the weirdest feeling because it was just immediate like it was just whoosh. she's like are you really stressed out and I was like yes yeah they just told me my tumor's growing back and I'm getting radiation I'm just a little stressed out and they, lady and like when they put you in there for it they literally like tighten you to the table because obviously you can't move because it's radiation yeah. and it's being like beamed into one part of your brain so oh my gosh that was that was worse than surgery 100 percent. and you're awake like yeah the whole they, time. they were like i was like what do people do and they were like most people fall asleep i was like with four pins stuck in their head people this fall asleep relaxing i was like who who are these people so yeah and it was this big chamber that i had to sit in and nobody could come inside because it's radiation it is locked down by a cop at the end of the day and opened up by a cop at the hospital so it's very highly secure yeah it was like i was like out at nasa or something and then i had radiation poisoning about a week later because it was so deep in my brain that it took that long for it to get out and if you've ever had like i would equate it to food poisoning I, I felt so awful. Ugh. So, but after that, we're so all since good. then, all your scans have been clear. Yes, uh, that caused it to calcify, and so we just have this little like calcification. So, how often do you do you get scans now? Now it's once a year. Oh, what would you say helps you get through some of like the hardest times of the whole process? Um, I think it's just the way I kind of look at things. I mean, young age, I was already told that, like, you're not going to do what everybody else does. And I was like, yeah, I am. Like, I'm going to go run. I'm going to, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be graceful. It's not going to look good. Do you think that came from, like, your dad and your parents, too? Like, Absolutely. My dad, definitely. Um, I think I get my work ethic from him and my, like, drive to do stuff of not give up. Um, My mom, I think, has that, but it's not, like as a parent, I guess, mm-hmm. like she's got it. It's just got to, she overcame breast cancer. So, you know, watching her go through that, she won't talk about it. And I don't want to be like that. Mm-hmm. Um, she hates my hair. <laughs> and I think it's just because it's not, it's do you think not, maybe because like a reminder too of everything for or? her? It probably is. Um, for me, it's a comfort thing because the scar is still irritated. Like it itches when my hair starts to grow out, sleeping on that side is uncomfortable. Um, so right now for me, this works and I would rather be able to like talk about it and tell people what I've been through than like hide behind it. Yeah. So, um, I also enjoy reading like biographies and memoirs and like, I don't want to call them self-help, but I guess that's what they are. Um, and so just kind of other people have been through worse things and you know, my story probably isn't the worst thing somebody's been through. So if I can still get up or they can still get up, like, just need to keep going. How did your friends help you, like, specifically, whether they realized it or not? Um, Like, during that time, like, if someone listening has a friend who might be going through something traumatic, um, what could they do that would be somewhat helpful? Because a lot of times, um, you know, people just feel, like, helpless, like... I, I, that sucks that you're going through that, but I don't know like what to say, what to do, anything. So one, it's going to depend on their personality. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Ricky and I joke that he was given diabetes because he had the worst bed manner of anyone I've ever met. Um, he didn't understand that I was exhausted. He didn't understand that I would have bad days or I would have good days. Uh, he didn't understand that I might have an hour of ability to like go to the grocery store or something, but then I was done. Uh, now he does. So, you know, just sitting with somebody while they're watching TV or whatever, being there if they want to talk to you, cool. If they don't want to talk to you, cool. Um, I was not allowed to lift anything. I couldn't do laundry. I couldn't take the dog out. Um, <clears throat> I couldn't bend over for, I think it was like eight weeks. It might have been six. Not really for sure on that one. Um, so whatever you could do to help them. You know, I didn't necessarily need people to like do a meal train or something like yeah. that. But, you know, I had friends who were like, do you need me to come over and like, and I was like, look, if you can just take my laundry out of this and put it in here, like that, because the bending over was yeah. what I was not allowed to do. Um, so, you know, lifting something up, unloading the dishwasher, take it out for me and just set it on the counter. I can put it away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's just kind of like knowing the person's personality because some people will not ask for help. And mm -hmm. all of that kind of opened my eyes of like, you can't do everything. You can't do it alone. Um, I was very much like, I got this. I got this. I know you don't. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so, yeah, I think it's just being a good friend and understanding that like, if your friend needs to get out of the house for 20 minutes, let them get out of the house, but don't be upset when they're like, I'm done. Yeah. You know, like we had Disney passes and I think there was one day where I was supposed to go with them and I was like, I can't. Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't, I can tell you right now, I'm going to get about an hour and then I'm going to be sitting on the bench and waiting for you guys. Yeah. It's not them personally. No. You know. And, you know, that was Ricky's thing at first was like, we can't go do anything. And I'm like, then you guys go and I will be content here. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the other thing is be, be okay with what they're telling you. Like, if you're supposed to go to dinner and all of a sudden they're like, I'm out. Okay, cool. Like, you want to reschedule? Mm -hmm. Do you want me to come over there, bring you dinner? Yeah, bring it to you. Um, I, I think it's just understanding what the person needs at the time. And, yeah, some people aren't comfortable talking about what they're going through, so don't force them, you know? Like, it's kind of like with grief, you know? Some people are ready for it. Some people are not. Grief hits you at the most random times. Mm -hmm. um, I like to equate it to glitter. You can clean all that up, but you're still going to find a piece here and there, and it's going to hit you at the weirdest times. So I still have crappy days where I'm just like, nope, nothing's happening today. Or if I do have to do something, I focus on that, and then I'm, I'm done for the rest. <laughs> how, how do you think this has changed how you live life day to day since being diagnosed with your tumor and going through all of it? Mm. Do you, like, how have you changed, like, prior to finding out to where you are today? I don't know that I changed a bunch outside of just being grateful and, you know, understanding others. Like, you're going through that. It's probably traumatic. I can't equate to it, but I'm here if you need it. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, being a better friend, being a better family member, sister, brother, you know, whatever it is that you are to somebody, um, being grateful for everything you have, but also... Um, being a little more like understanding if somebody is going through something it could you could have like broken your nail but for you that might be super traumatic because you've never broken a nail mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm here <laughs> like yeah. you know like tell me about it what can I do mm -hmm. um, 
Because everybody's traumatic is different. Yeah. Depending on what they have gone through or yeah. what they have seen or done in their life. Yeah. And, you know. and I've had a, punch, a couple people like reach out to me about like, you know, oh, so-and-so friend of mine is going through either like their child has a tumor or, you know, they know somebody else with it. Like, what did you do? And so being able to like kind of equate my experience, like mine was not cancerous. Um, I can't even fathom what that's like to go through. Yeah, so, I mean, that's a total different, yeah, you know, thing. Yeah, and a lot of times with kids, it tends to be cancerous versus, like, non-cancerous. They don't know enough about the type of tumor that I have um, to even tell people how, it, how it's caused. There are people who die with them and don't even know they had them. So it's, it's amazing to me that we have come so far in medicine and whatever else. We're still so far. And there's nothing that you can tell me about this tumor, about why it grew, where it came from. Yeah. (laughs) All right, so this is when we do Fast Five, and I ask you five random this or that questions that are essential to getting to know the real you. Oh, boy. Queso or guacamole? Ooh. I love them both, Um, but queso... Definitely. Like, queso's fun. Zoe says, queso makes everything better. I'm like, it My, does. I yes. mean, honestly. Like, <laughs> anytime I go somewhere, I'm like, you have queso? <laughs> you have queso? <laughs> um, audible or hard copy? If you had asked me that a year ago, I probably would have said hard copy, but now that I have listened to a few books, audible. I am loving that the authors of certain things, like... It also depends on who is reading That's the part book. of it. Um, <laughs> Matthew McConaughey reads Green Lights. If anyone has never... If, if you haven't picked up that book, like, I'm sorry, that is probably my most favorite book that I've listened to. Um, the guy who was in Sons of Anarchy is the dad. I can't think of his name right now. Um, he um, He wrote his own memoir, and he's fantastic reading it so like depends on who's reading it yeah depends on what it is um but also i like to be reading the book and kind of getting into it too so the concert or comedy show concert 100 <laughs> percent. i am a live music junkie and i am going crazy because we haven't been to a concert in like a year and a half <laughs> uh grocery delivery or shop in person Again, if you had asked me this several months ago, um, yeah, I signed up for Instacart because of you. And yes, oh I love Instacart. God. I went to Costco last week and got you paper towels by running to the <laughs> back of the store and back to the front with a mask on. Um, that was brutal. The whole time I was in there, I was like, why am I doing this to myself? I am a oh. hardcore advocate of Instacart. I love it. Um like, the other day I had to go to the grocery store because we really needed a lot of stuff because it had been a while. Mm-hmm. And I was like, let me just go because I feel like I'm going to forget something. And so I actually went. It wasn't too bad at Publix, but, oh, my God. Like, Instacart is so nice. <laughs> I can sit on my – I can still do work. And then I know they're yes. showing up in an hour. And I'm like – and they don't – I don't even have to talk to them. Yeah. I've only had great. one bad experience, and the guy was just – he was awful. But whatever. I still got my groceries, so. Yeah, I love it because I can just, like, keep doing other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Fancy earrings or fancy shoes? Definitely earrings because I haven't left the house in a year. Um, (laughs) The other part is, like, I had ankle surgery at some point, so wearing fun heels kind of went out the window. So I get to do that, like, once in a blue moon. Um, And then standing in retail, I wear tennis shoes 
nine times out of ten. Like I wear my cons in here almost every day. I wore nice shoes one day and I was like, what was I thinking? And <laughs> you cannot have a bad day. No. In a fabulous pair of years. No. That's so. why I have my, my fun feathers on right now. <laughs> fabulous feathers. So, well, I'm so glad that you came and sat down I'm and shared you your me. story. And um, I'll tag your Instagram and stuff in case yeah. anyone wants and to I'll give send you a you follow. Pictures so they can see my my head and my scars and and um thanks for coming and we'll see you soon all right bye